Hello everyone, this is Timothy. Welcome to the Connorson Thought Factory. Um, I am on the most democratic podcasting platform in existence, Anchor. And if you want to support this podcast, you can donate directly or you can become a sponsor. Um, if you listened to my last podcast, you saw that what I decided to do is just um, move over to this platform, what I was doing on another platform, which is basically read the thoughts of some of the people I like, I admire, and that I would want to talk to, and then share my thoughts on it, and then you can share your thoughts on all of it. So we just keep generating, generating thoughts. You can never have enough thinking. Today, I want to talk about um, the souls of black folks. We're going to deal with Du Bois <coughs> a little bit. And I'll just read from it a little bit and talk about what it's like to be born in a society where you are a problem. And so, let's get into it. Between me and the other world... There is ever an unasked question, unasked by some through feelings of delicacy, by others through the difficulty of rightly framing it, all nevertheless flutter around it. They approach me in a half-hesitant sort of way, eye me curiously or compassionately, and then, instead of saying directly, how does it feel to be a problem? They say, I know an excellent colored man in my town, or I fought at uh, Mechanicsville, or do not these southern outrages make your blood boil? At these I smile or am interested, or reduce the boil to a simmer, as the occasion may require. To the real question, how does it feel to be a problem I answer seldom a word. And yet, being a problem is a strange experience, peculiar even to one who has never been anything else, save perhaps a babyhood and in Europe. It is in the early days of rollicking boyhood that the revelation first burst upon one, all in a day, as it were. I remember well when the shadow swept across me, I was a little thing, <clears throat> away up in the hills of New England, where the dark Housatonic winds between Hoosack and Tocanville, or Taconic, I'm sorry, Taconic, to the sea. In a wee wooden schoolhouse, something put it in to the boys' and girls' heads to buy gorgeous visiting cards. Ten cents a package and exchange. The exchange was merry. To one girl, a tall newcomer refused my card. Refused it peremptorily with a glance. Then it dawned upon me with a certain suddenness that I was different from the others. Or, like mayhap, in heart and life and longing, but shut out from their world by a vast veil. I had thereafter no desire to tear down the, that veil, to creep through, 
I held all beyond it in common contempt and lived above and above it in a region of blue sky and great wandering shadows. That sky was bluest when I could beat my mates at examination time or beat them at a foot race or even beat their stringy heads. Alas, with the war, with the years, all this fine contempt began to fade. For the worlds I longed for, and all their dazzling opportunities were theirs, not mine. But they should not keep these prizes, I said. Some, all, I would wrest from them. Just how I would do it, I could never decide. By reading law, by healing the sick, by telling the wonderful tales that swam in my head, some way. With other black boys, the strife was not so fiercely sunny. Their youth shrunk into tasteless sycophancy or into silent hatred of the, pe of the pale world about them and mocking distrust of everything white or wasted itself in a bitter cry. Why did God make me an outcast and a stranger in mine own house? The shades of the prison house closed round about us all, wall straight and stubborn to the whitest, but relentlessly narrow, tall, and unscalable to sons of night who must plod darkly on in resignation, or beat unavailing palms against the stone, or steadily, half-hopelessly, watch the streak of blue above, after the Egyptian and the Indian, the Greek and the Roman, the Tuatan and the Mongolian, the Negro is a sort of seventh son, born with a veil and gifted with second sight in this American world, a world which yields him no true self-consciousness, but only lets him see himself through the revelation of the other world. It is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amusement or in amused contempt and pity. One ever fills his two-ness, an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. So <clears throat> that's just some of a soul from black folks. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have read it, but go back and read it. Uh, I think I've read it a couple of times and I read through it from time to time when I want to do things like this. Um, I may have to do a class on it. We'll see. And the voice is right still a hundred years later that we are born a problem, but we're only born a problem if we're going to deal with white institutions. And to be honest, um, up until recently, almost all institutions were white. Now, with modern technology, we can develop and create our own institutions. I just developed the Connorson Center for Art and Culture, where I produce songs, well, lyrics, and screenplays, and I do lessons. It's an institution. 
No one says the institutions have to be large, but the Internet gives us space. Whereas I would have had to try to go and rent the space, get a sign, try to get people in. I can now create the institution, create the website, create the space, and then call for people to come to it. And I can put the content in that space. And that's what I've done, and that's what I'm doing, and that's what I'll continue to do. So, I say that to say um, that now we have a chance to build our own institutions, and be honest with you, you, we must. I looked at the election, and I thought, okay... I wanted to see how many white people were going to vote for Trump, how many white people were going to vote for Biden, because that would mean that after naked open racism in the 21st century, after naked open brutality on black bodies where nobody can say we were lying, maybe we were exaggerating, white people actually admitted that black bodies were being brutalized and that black lives should matter more. Yet, a majority of them voted for the guy who wanted to continue brutalizing those bodies. Okay. That means that a majority of white people still want to stay on top and want to brutalize black bodies. There's a special hatred for us that goes back, a special fear for us that goes back. And I and I understand it. One day we may talk. Well, let's talk about it. And it goes back to the plantation them forcing us to work, them uh, knowing that what they were doing was unjust and that at some point, justice was going to come. And the longer it went on, the harder that justice was going to come when it swung back the other way. I think white people hated us for not rising up against them earlier. Um, some of us did. We did slave rebellions and we ran away. So you had that. But then when we did the rebellions, they fought back and destroyed them. So we were caught in a can't win situation. Why don't they just rebel so we can get this over with? I, I know it's going to come. I know it's going to come. And then when it came, they put it down until it just became too much. And they had a civil war. And more white people died in that civil war. It's amazing. And if you go in the South, they're still suffering from that civil war. Because remember, black bodies were what oil is today. Our worth, our bodies. So when slavery was over, the I had one professor say that Charleston, South Carolina was what Wall Street is today. So imagine that. And then when slavery was over, it was gone in just like one day, you know, um, or four years. And they still were holding slaves those four years. But more and more was escaping, of course. And, and if the South had won, they would have reinstituted the same old slavery and their economy would have been intact. They fought for four years and lost and it's just devastated. Imagine Wall Street going down forever tomorrow and we have to try to figure out a new way now we have so much technology today we probably would figure out a new way to do economics because it's 
Economics is not that hard. But back then, they needed the bodies. And they lost the bodies. Or imagine if you lost oil today. Yeah, we just have no oil. There's no production. We can't get it to our gas stations. We just... Uh, what the world would be like. And that's what the South is going through. Even till today. So you get why the hatred is there. Um, you get why the fear is there. Even today when you look at what police officers. And people are doing to black bodies. What they're doing to us on the workplace. What they're doing to us in every institution. That's supposed to be all of our institutions. White people say man if I had to live like that. I couldn't do it. You know, ah, something's going to happen. They're going to come and overthrow us. I remember um, comedian Louis C.K. said, one day they're going to hold white men down and rape us uh, forever. But until then, it's good to be a white man. <laughs> it was so hilarious. Um, so... I looked at the election. I saw. I'm looking at the results. They've split down the numbers. They've done the numbers. They've done who, what groups voted for who, and white groups stayed white majority. Now, as a black man who, like the boy said, was always a problem in white institutions, what are you going to do? And he talks about what happens. Some knuckle under and go along. Some hate white people. I don't find a lot of black people that who just hate white people. I don't find that anymore. I think they stamped those guys out mostly in the 70s. And I even I don't even think that we ever really had black people who hated white people like that. To be honest with you, I, I don't think. Because even if you look at the black power movement, it was for the masses. It didn't trust the establishment whites. No. Or establishment blacks. It was for the masses. So we never had that kind of hatred. Um, but there's so many black people. Or, or you can try to build your own spaces. And I think that's what the black power movement did. That the civil rights movement didn't. And that's why white people supported the civil rights movement. Or certain white people who wanted to maintain power. And they crushed the black power movement. So we need to go back. We need to study the black power movement, see what we could take from it. We have all the tools. We have all the space. We need to do what we have to do, build our institutions. Um, and everything's not about money and business. Yes, we want to do business. Yes, we may charge, but education is important. Um, producing films with good images, with positive images is important. Uh, all of these things are important. Just like soap is important, toilet tissue is important. Um, hair salons are important. Barbershops are important. I mean, you know, it's work. And you do want to present yourself in a certain way. But that can't be the majority of the things that we do. We have to start working on our minds and our insides. That's what the Thought Factory is about. That's what all my work is about. So... Um, I think that that's where we are in 2020. This election was very important. Everyone showed us where they are. Latinos voted, a majority voted for Biden, but a, but a large chunk voted with uh, 
the racist with the um I mean, I don't even know what to call it. The dictator, you can say. Um, the know-nothing. And that's the worst part. So, you even had some black people went over and voted for Trump. And I, I think I know why that is. And, and it's because he gave out those business grants. And nobody had ever given black people anything. So, he gave us grants. I know people who got $10,000 grant. I know another person who got a $5,000 grant for their businesses. And that's not a lot of money, but when you're starved, it might as well be a million dollars. And that's what people don't realize about us. Uh, black people are starved. We've been starved for the last 50 years. Mentally, we've been starved physically. And I know you say, well, y'all are obese. Yeah, but if you know anything about food, that's calories without nutrients. So even there, when we eat, we eat the wrong things, we eat bad food, it's, we're still being starved because we're not getting the nutrients. And if you starve a people for 50 years, generation after generation, you can't expect much. And we don't really get much from the community. But now we know that if we're going to survive as a community, we're going to start to start building our institutions. And some people are trying. We're start moving in that direction. And we have to uh, watch out for those who just want to go along to get along, who just want to grift, who just want to be gatekeepers. That's all they want to do. That's all they aspire to do. Um, these people are in positions in white institutions, in high positions. We see them on television a lot. We see them on our jobs, those people who still have a job, a lot. We see them in police departments, a lot. These black people who just, listen, I want to get a job where I can pay bills and move out of the hood. Okay? That's your life. But um, I've never had much use for those people. I don't understand it. That doesn't, that doesn't push forward white people or blacks. It doesn't push forward our society. It doesn't transform our society it doesn't evolve the society at all it just goes down in a pit and a pit of decline 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 and you just want to be comfortable while you're being sinking into the pit i don't i don't get that R really maybe on the surface i understand it but as soon as you just dig a little bit beneath the surface it doesn't make sense so um but Everybody's free to be what they want. I think that we don't have time for those people. And I know the black community doesn't have time for that. So I'm I'm actually happy about the election. We still don't know who won it. It's looking like Biden's going to win. But when I'm I'm happy, I wanted to see the breakdown, who voted for who. And I'm happy with knowing what people feel. Remember, Trump got more votes this time than he did in 2016. Okay. You got to let that sink in. More. All the terrible things he said and done. He's got more. All the crazy things he said and done. All the stories he's made up. And lies and tweets and things. He's He wins rating wars. And all the lack of care he has. I mean. Say what you want. You can say that the COVID is not a pandemic. Okay. 
but it still is a disease, just like the flu is a disease. And you could say 100,000 people, 200,000 people is not a lot because it's 360 million people in the country. I get you. Say I, I agree with all of that. He still had a disease and was throwing hats and T-shirts out to his followers. If I had a cold, I wouldn't be throwing stuff out because I don't want you to get the cold. I don't want you to get the flu. I don't want you to get any disease Um, if I have it. And this guy just man, throwing out T-shirts, throwing out hats, shaking hands, whatever, and knowing he had uh, a weaponized uh, cold virus. Or an, an, an evolved cold virus. Right? So, um, that alone should make people say, wait a minute, well, you know, you still got germs. And you still, I don't want your germs. Even if I support you, I'm coming to the rally, I don't want your germs. But, he doesn't care. His people don't care. And the only thing that seems to matter is that he keeps certain people in their place, right? Or at least he talks about keeping them in their place because he's not really keeping anybody in their place. Donald Trump didn't really, hasn't done anything, but just talk, a lot of talk. I mean, yeah, he signed some executive orders. He put some judges, but he's not doing any of that. His staff is doing all of it. All he's doing is talking and, and going to rallies and, and, uh, Basking in, in, in people's adoration because he puts people down, calls them pigs and calls them uh, thugs and calls them all kinds of names and disgusting and this and that. I mean, people get off on that. And so they voted for him, which lets me know where they are. So now you go back to the boys and you say, well, how... Do I function then in this society? Because it hasn't changed in a hundred years. How do I deal with it? And and again, it goes back to if you build your institutions, the white people who are not racist, the white people who um, do want to work in a multicultural society, a multi-ethnic society, where we all have a chance, they will find you. And they will bond with you and they will tear away from some of their own family members. Right? By the way, Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to be really interesting this year. Because even if Biden wins, white people are going to have to sit across the table from Trumpites. And you know the Trump people. They're going to come to Christmas and Thanksgiving with their, with their um, MAGA hats on. Their Trump paraphernalia, they're going to start. They, they, if they lose, they're going to be so obnoxious. Right? And that's cool. Politics. But their white family members are going to have to see that and know my brother, my mother, my cousin, my thing is a racist. Or at least is tolerant of racism. And do I want to break bread with these people? Or even if you say, well, everybody who votes for Trump is not a racist. Do I want to vote for people who support a, a person like that? I mean, really? Do I want to break bread with it? Do I want to waste my time with these people? And um, I feel you because the black community, we have to do that often. 
right? And we're going to have to do it too. We're going to have to come into the community and say, do I really want to spend my time with these Negroes who grift? Mm, I don't know. So I'm glad I was able to talk about the boys. I probably will do other works by the boys. He has a lot of stuff. He was out there for a long time writing. And I've read Souls of Black Folk, but I must say I haven't read more works by the boys than I need to. I really need to get back into um, some of the readings of some of these people. And this podcast is helping me to do that. So I thank you for sharing your time with me. And I want to thank the most democratic podcasting platform in existence, Anchor. And again, if you want to support me, you can donate directly or you can um, become a sponsor. So, uh, again, I appreciate it. I want you all to stay safe, take care of yourselves, and keep thinking.